0: what up boys and ghouls welcome back to r slash no sleep where i read creepy scary and downright messed up stories today's episode is the fourth installment of the seven-part series i can tell you what is killing the stars so sit back relax and get ready for your skin to crawl some time off studying it's too much for me mentally i can still see its face and smell its breath what was the name he told me and why did he say your name who are you what do you have to do with this The more I think of this, the more my head hurts and starts to ache. What a strange effect it feels like. The more I think of it, the more I can feel the memory fogging up. It felt as if the closer I got, the further it were to move away. Anyhow, I just took some Excedrin before sitting down and writing this. I can't help shake the feeling of being watched, like my every move and every word is being written down. Maybe it's the rising up through the ladder of universes that's making me more and more unstable. I have seen a lot in my travels, some more disturbing than others. The next universe I went to after the religious zealot universe, let's call it Uni-1 and so on. It all started with a flash of light. It was a blinding flash, more so than the last teleportation I went through. It was brighter and more violent. A flashback of the first testing subject of suit. Her body being crunched into a ball of meat and blood. I started to fear the worst and just closed my eyes. It wasn't really the fear of death. more... The fear of pain, the unknown of what it is like for all those countless subjects. And just as quickly as the fear washed over me, it left, as I was in a small town seemingly in the middle of nowhere. I walked through the center of the town and saw a church on a hill and a small general store. It was a dollar store. Of course, even in this universe, a Dollar General is everywhere. Anyways, as I walk through the town, I see a couple of olive green trucks roll into town. Seems very ancient or primitive. I can smell the fumes coming from them, like burning oil and grease. I saw the covered trucks open and roughly 20 to 30 men, armed with Primitive rifles exited them carefully. They moved as a unit, and as if they were one singularity. The more I looked around, the more I noticed how odd this place feels. Everything was just a little bit off. I started to walk towards the closest building. It was a yellow building with an old tin roof, it had a radio transmitter. Maybe I can use that to display the incoming message. These people would have to know. I walk up to the door and knock loudly. Hold on a minute, the stranger's voice said in the background. The door slowly opens, and I see a man. He was rather stocky and about six foot tall. He had a can in his hand that read, Coca Cola. The man asked. Hello, did you need something? Behind the man was a kitchen, and it looked like he had company already. There was another man sitting at the table, wearing a pair of shades. He was a tall, thin man, with short black hair and a black suit and white undershirt. The man looked at me with his brow raised as if he was shocked to see me. Sorry, Alex, but we have to continue this conversation some other time. Commander is telling me to get back to base. Remember, you have until midnight. The man in black gets up and walks to the door, and we move out of his way. He looked at me as he passed, and we locked eyes. I saw them past the glasses he wore, and his eyes were covered in cataracts. Yet, he can see? As he was leaving, I felt a strange aura around him, as if every natural instinct was telling me to run. "'Well, anyway, stranger, my name is Alex. What you need?' he asked with a bubbly personality. I replied, "'Well, I have urgent news for you and your people. Can I talk to you first? Alex rubbed the back of his neck. "'Well, sure, but first, what is your name, stranger?' I smiled. I'm Orin. Nice to meet you. He waved me in and just said to sit at the table. Uh, Orin, right? You- do you need anything to drink? Yeah, that's my name. And, sure, what were you drinking earlier? Is it good? I responded. Oh, right. I've- I've been having memory issues lately. Also, you- you've never had a Coke? He handed me a can, and I opened it. It was a black liquid with some sort of citrus-like juice. I crossed my fingers and drank the first gulp. It was amazing. I've never had anything so sweet, crisp, and bubbly in my life. The carbon in this drink was so intense, it felt like my tongue was under a barrage of tiny explosions. Not sure why my people never thought this was an idea worthy of pursuing. You really seem to like it, Alex let out a hearty laugh. I put the can down and got to it. There's something coming. It's going to eat this whole universe and there will be nothing left. I have come from a totally different universe and this thing won't be here for a few thousand years. I can help by leaving my suits plans behind and hope you and your people get out in time. Alex looks at me, puzzled, and starts to run his fingers through his hair. I don't know what to say. I've been getting a weird deja vu feeling. Day in and day out. He rubs his head a little more, and I can see his confusion. Suddenly, we hear a banging on the door. It sounded as if they were trying to break the door down. "'Shit, not again. Quick, go to the studio.' I didn't ask questions as we ran into the study, and he shut the large wooden doors. "'What's going on?' I asked. Alex looked at me. "'I have angels who have been reaching out to me, and one of the ways is they possess other humans in the town to reach me, but they become twisted amalgamations that are bloody and broke.' It was then we heard the banging on the studio door, but every hit made a squelching noise, and splattering too. I was too distracted with the door when right outside the window, we saw another figure walking towards us. This thing was covered in black goo, and looks like one arm was missing and spurting out blood at a very high rate. Fuck! Why didn't the alarm sound off? I looked at him. Alarms? Before he can explain, we hear, Stay inside and go to the nearest room without windows. If you can't, close the blinds and cover your ears and eyes. This is not a drill. Do not leave for any reason. If someone is caught leaving, they will be marked as a threat. If you hear knocks at the window or door, do not answer it, even if it's family or friends even if they are in a dire situation. Again, this is not a drill, and we will let you know when to come out. Shortly after, I was hearing... Trumpets? What? Was it two? No, three, no. It was seven. Trumpets sounding off. What's that noise? I tried covering my ears, but it wasn't working. Wait, you can hear it too? How? We both looked at each other with confusion, but before I could say anything else, the disfigured person from before was at the window pounding on it with what used to be her hand. Chunks of viscera would stick to the glass, with each sickening splash along with a river of dark red blood. Suit Analysis on these people Shortly after, Suit replied They are not human Or anything that could be considered human They seem to have a separate form They are hiding I also notice a spatial temporal lobe Which resets every 24 hours What? Did your clothes just... Talk to you? He looked at me puzzled We don't have time to talk about suit. How long has this been going on? This time loop you're in. Alex starts to grab his head and then the horns sound off louder. Suddenly, the door was splintered and something with nine wings and what looked to be four rings circling a baby in the middle of the mass. The rings had eyes on them and the creature spoke. It sounded like a fork scraping on rusty metal. The sound was thunderous, and it felt as if I was going to implode. Activating force field. My suit activated a bubble around me. As this thing got closer to Alex, it spoke to me. You shouldn't be here, child. You know not the forces at work. Alex was on the floor, foaming at the mouth, but... His vitals were okay. I spoke back to the winged beast. I am here to save as many people as I can. You don't know this but the void. Before I could finish, the beast rang out. You know not of whom you speak of. Do not mention his name as it only brings misery. At this point, I'm very confused. How do you know of it? Time seems to have been frozen, as it was only the beast and I. The beast started to take a more human shape. The one I saw earlier, with the cataracts. You are in a personalized hell. Alex committed a sin. He must suffer for what he's done. We cannot leave until he forgives himself and realizes he is stuck. What did he do, if I can ask? The now human-looking beast spoke. He murdered his brother and sister-in-law, who was pregnant at the time. He then took his own life. He did this all in a fit of insanity. So you should know. Alex suffered from severe schizophrenia, so he couldn't control it. That's why if he can forgive himself, he can move on. I looked shocked. So this is... The beast stopped me. Hell. Yes, it is his own hell. Forced to see the loved ones die in front of him until he sees what he's done. I nodded. I see. And who are you? He looked at me and smiled, a large smile, while taking off his glasses. I am the fallen one. Lucifer. You can just call me Lucy. I don't really follow religions, but he seems legit. Is this what a higher being looks like? Is he really an angel? I thought those didn't exist. So, Lucy, how do you know the void? I've been trying to help as many escape its path, I asked. It's older than God himself, a being of pure nihilism, the one that is set to destroy all, all stories in history will become a mere aspect of the great beast. We cannot leave. But if you can, I say leave this universe and move on up the stack. Don't stop. I looked at him puzzled. How does he know of the multiverse and the stack? I didn't feel like questioning it. May I stay here for a second so I can help Alex? Lucy looked at me and said, You may stay if you want. However, I cannot assist you. A blinding light overtook my vision, and it looked like the time started again. Alex was just waking up on the floor. Alex, I have to tell you something. We need to sit down. He looked at me and said, How did you survive? Are you one of the angels? I responded, No, but I have some good news for you. We both head to the kitchen and sat down. Listen, you are stuck in an infinite loop. You are torturing yourself for ki- Alex cuts me off by saying, I know what I did. I deserve this. This is my punishment for killing my own brother and sister-in-law. I was shocked, as he is willingly staying here, despite the obvious pain he's in. Alex, you didn't do it. Your other side of your brain, it, it went crazy, and you went through temporary psychosis. It wasn't your fault. Alex started to cry a little. I know. I know, damn it. The blood was on my hand when I came to. I saw my brother lying on the floor. I ripped him to pieces, and chunks of his flesh were missing. His wife was in the kitchen, too, but on the other side, Her stomach was ripped open and and the baby wasn't there. I ate her baby, Orin. I ate. I ate my brother. I didn't want to live with it, so I took myself out. If you were me, what would you do? I sat in disbelief. I had imagined he'd simply just shot them. I was so wrong. I paused to gain my composure. Listen, you are just as traumatized as them, but they are in a far better place. Alex, you need to move on. It'll be okay. They will forgive you. In fact, I think they already have tears running down his face, and before he can say anything, someone knocked at the door. Alex, are you there? Alex, are you there? Big bro. Alex ran to the door and was greeted by his brother and his wife. Right by the couple's feet was a small child no older than ten. This must be the first time Alex saw them safe, and the daughter was fully grown. It was then he dropped to his knees and begged to be forgiven. His brother knelt down, and so did his wife. They all shared a long hug. Alex, we've forgiven you a long, long time ago. It's time to come home, big bro. I heard an older man yell out. Donnie! Alex! Sammy! Sorry I'm late! The family turned and all ran to the dad and gave him a large hug. Alex's wife, Sammy, stayed back to speak to me. You know whatever you did made him realize what to do. Thank you. Alex looked back and yelled at Sammy. Come on, girl. Let's go home. Sammy smiled and gave me a hug, then ran towards the family. A flash of white light surrounded them, and they slowly floated upwards. All of a sudden, I heard a flapping of large wings. You did good, stranger. We know we must leave, so... We shall. I recommend you do the same, traveler. It was Lucy who smiled. I have to say, you made this old devil cry. Thank you again. And as soon as Lucy was here, he vanished. I started to cry tears of joy while I saw the family ascend. It was a wild ride here, but I have enough fuel to go one more time. Before I left, I can see the world being ripped away like paper and a notebook. All floating upwards. The narrative was solved. Well, I am sorry this took a while to do, so I hope you kind of enjoyed this one. It was very calming after seeing nothing but death and destruction. I have a feeling Alex's story isn't over quite yet. Until next time, be safe, travelers. Orin. Man, every time you think you know how the story is gonna go, it takes such a crazy U-turn and gives you something else entirely. Thanks for listening, boys and ghouls. I hope you found this story as creepy as I did. Don't forget to subscribe and click the notification button so you get updates for the newest daily creepy story. As always, the author of this story will be credited in the description. Feel free to send them some love over on Reddit, and I'll see you on the other side. Bye!